and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host Jillian Parker. Hey Quinn, hi everyone. Hi, welcome to Jetlagged Podcasting with Quinn Rose. <laughs> Quinn has just gotten back from an amazing conference in Ireland, so she is a little... Yeah, jet lag would be the understatement of the year. Like, I just... Okay, so I was in Ireland for Ool, which was wonderful. And I got back maybe, like, an hour and a half ago, if that. Which is fine, except for it's almost 10 p.m. And my brain thinks it's, like, 3 a.m. And so this episode might end up being kind of short. Because I don't know how long I can stay awake. <laughs> she makes some good points. Oh my god, Jillian. Like, my brain is coming out of my ears. <laughs> I know, I can see it. Okay, well, you Now I'm actually thinking about that imagery. <laughs> no, Ulu was so nice. And I got to hang out with a lot of Relay people and Relay adjacent people and just, like, the crew... I was also on Ool Radio while I was there, which is um, Jason Snow hosts uh, a whole series called Ool Radio, where he interviews like some of the speakers and special presenters. And he did this last year, and he did it again this year. So that's already up um, because Jason produces like fifteen podcasts a day. Casual. Yeah, it's like in the movie Speed, where like you have to keep driving the bus at a certain speed or everything explodes. Like if he produces too few podcasts in one day, like he ceases to function. So he has to keep going. I wish I was like that, but with schoolwork, I am not like that. I am not like that for anything. <laughs> anyway, so that's up if you want to hear it and hear about my talk that I gave. Um, but it was like a wonderful time. It was so beautiful. I'm really, really sad that I'm home and I, like, already have post-con blues, <laughs> um, which is not helped by the fact that I have nine hours of class tomorrow, but you know what? You win some, you lose most, I guess. Yeah, this was a very win week. It's just, it's gonna be a losing couple of days <laughs> for me afterwards. This is pretty much a couple of losing, losing weeks for the next, uh, the next however long we have of school. I know, we have, like, a month. Ugh, that's... A month too long. <laughs> uh. See, I'm hella jet lagged. You just like seem annoyed by life. <laughs> I'm just so tired and so stressed, and I'm still in midterms right now, which is just ridiculous because it is no longer the middle of the semester. It is basically the end of the semester. Yeah, I'm all in final projects now. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, but beyond my super lovely week, and now well horribly confused brain it was kind of nice being away for many reasons including that i had no idea what was going on the entire time like i didn't have um service in ireland so i could only check twitter when i had wi-fi and so like most stuff just flew completely past me until i got back and actually started looking at the news which was kind of cool um but i have a news show so i it was also kind of stressful because <laughs> mm. I got back and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I have no idea what's been happening. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, short recap, um, President, President Assad uh, started using chemicals. Of Syria. Yes, of Syria. 
He's not. Just to clarify. Just to just to clarify, um, could you tell that both of us are a little out of it today? Anyways, we're just gonna keep going. We're just gonna keep charging ahead. Um, there was an awful chemical chemical weaponry attack um, on his own people. A lot of innocent civilians died, and so um, there was a lot of. Uh, controversy because uh, Trump came out with a statement saying how horrible this was. Um, the administration came out saying, oh, like, this needs to be stopped. This is awful. Uh, this is against humanity. Uh, but they didn't really take a definitive stance on what they were going to do about it um, until, you know, I guess they took their stance when Trump actually fired missiles at Syria with this last um, airstrike. Yeah. <laughs> So I remember last episode we talked about the the first half of this, like the attack and the initial response from the U.S. government. And there has been a bunch of stuff that I've said recently that's kind of coming full circle in which express concern over the level of military funding and this kind of stockpiling of the military that is being proposed right now. And I was concerned about the way that the U.S. becomes involved in other countries and I felt like Maybe we weren't doing enough to help in this area of the world. But I want to be very clear that when I said that, I meant, like, from a humanitarian human rights angle, not a we should bomb them angle, Mm. which, not that um, Trump listens to this podcast, obviously, because he would have tweeted about it, but (laughs) why? Why did this happen? Why? This was not a good... (laughs) English is hard, but, like, genuinely, we just bombed Syria. That's not good. Yeah. This is... Trump does not know what he's doing. To be clear, I don't know what I'm doing either, but, like, I'm not pretending that I am and pretending to do so, like, with bombs. And he's going into this political war-torn area of the world and he does not know what he's doing he doesn't understand it at all and like i can guarantee you that and i don't even know what he his goals are here that he thinks he's going to achieve with just firing off this bomb i (laughs) yeah it's it's also not looking uh so great right now for russia considering um russia is technically or uh, implicitly um on serious on serious side so they actually just tillerson actually um just met with putin i believe to talk in moscow so um, i'm sure more information on that will come out tomorrow yeah and there's because there's been so much going on with trump and russia and basically it's just another week of confusing contradictions and going back on what's been previously said and general incompetence on behalf of the U.S. government, but this time, like, with with weapons of mass destruction, basically. You know, casual. It's fine. No, this is not fine. This is not good yeah. at all. This is really, really bad. And, like, this is a very unstable region. This is a very unstable time. And it is very, very concerning, like, what we could possibly be instigating here and making things worse and you know i'm not like a fear monger about the possibility of world war three but if there was a time to do that it would be now it would be now i'm not saying i am 
but I am closer than I ever have been. Oh, I'm, I'm saying I am. Okay. Um, no, as Quinn was saying before, like, we know nothing about this. Um, and so... I, I, know. I know nothing about anything. I mean, we both know nothing about anything. Let's be real here. But it's just so terrifying that people in charge still don't know what's going on. And But these people in charge have access to all of these, you know, all of this weaponry. And they're just, eh, we'll just figure out as we go along. And I don't know, Quinn. It's just, it's a lot. This Yeah, this is not a game. That, like, people are dying, more people are going to die. And that's as real as it can possibly get. Yeah. Also related to this, just on the whole, I don't even know what's going on topic, like, there was a whole controversy over something Sean Spicer said, which, it just doesn't make any sense to me how this happened. But Sean Spicer decided to compare president of Saud of Syria to Hitler and to say at least Hitler didn't use gas on his own people as it like first of all that's so ridiculously false mm-hmm. also who told Spicer to bring up Hitler like it's not that was not comment section that was not <laughs> that was not really relevant I mean okay I understand like how after he said that how he's trying to make that connection but it's really not necessary i feel to bring that up especially in this context where he's sort of um making this comparison saying oh hitler is not that bad yeah i don't know yeah, it was just it's like it was messed up if the sentence you were about to say puts hitler like in the like positive position just don't say it like hitler bad how is this difficult <laughs> and then also like I just don't think in general that you can make these comparisons, you know, like not only in like obviously a political context, but just in general, like on principle, like it's just, uh, why do we have to compare like the badness of people, of awful people who kill their own citizens? Why can't they just all, all objectively be bad? Like once you're at a certain threshold, it doesn't even matter anymore. You're just awful, you know? Yeah. And, and like, to be clear, like, this would have been such a weird thing to say, even if it had been true. Even if it was accurate. But it's so untrue. And it, like, it's so, like, the implications of the, like, horrible anti-Semitism in- contained in that statement, because the implication that, like, all of the Jewish people that Hitler gassed weren't, like, German people. Yeah. Is the implication behind that statement. And do I think that Sean Spicer sat down and thought about what that meant? No, but I think that like yeah, that's that implication what was in his head. So be so that's what came out of his mouth. Do do any politicians nowadays think before they speak, or is that just is this just an anomaly now? Unclear. I don't know. I how hard is it to have like a competent person in the White House? Apparently impossible. Apparently, um, and so in another brilliant statement by President Trump. Um, he recently said that our companies can't compete with them, meaning the Chinese companies now, because our currency is too strong and it's killing us. Um, and Trump told this to the Wall Street Journal. Um, okay, great. Uh, first of all, 
after he's, his comments have actually softened, softened the dollar index, so the dollar actually fell, actually weakened after he said this. So what a great uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, second of all, this is just such a weird wording of, like, I understand that in economics, it's never great to have, you know, currencies, um, it's obviously bad when your currency is weak, and I can see where it would be a problem if, like, other countries' currencies aren't doing as well as yours, because that's just, like, more of an imbalance thing, but you're never, it's very weird to say, oh, no, it's, it's bad that the dollar is doing too strong. It's bad that the dollar is appreciating in value. It's bad that everybody wants the American dollar. Like, no, like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I... See what I did there? Sense? Haha. <laughs> it's so late, Quinn. Okay, it's not late for you, though. I've been in bed at, like, I've been going to bed at 9 p.m. Okay, sorry. I guess it is kind of late for you. <laughs> but no, I understand. Quinn is... This is like 4 a.m. for Quinn, so... Okay. In other terms, I would be waking up now. That's how late this is. Oh my god. No, but yeah, I just... The, it, it was kind of funny because I saw a, like a Facebook trending headline that was like, Donald Trump says dollar is too strong. And I was like, oh, of course he did. And then I googled it and the first thing that popped up was an article title that said, after Donald Trump says the dollar is too strong, the dollar plummets. <laughs> like, oh good. Great. I really like uh, I really like the fact that we have a president who knows nothing about economics 101. Yeah, and he was all like, yeah, the dollar is so strong because everyone's so confident in me, and I was like, mmm. Mm. And then that immediately started going down. So, I mean, it is nice that the economy hasn't immediately crumbled. Like, that would have been sad, and mm. I was kind of worried about that. I think that now I'm afraid of it crumbling soon, <laughs> getting there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my prediction last time was going to happen right before we had to get real jobs. Mm. <laughs> Most of this episode is just us making that noise. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where both of us are so tired that we can't even form coherent sentences anymore, so you're just going to listen to our um, original and soon-to-be-trademarked sound effects. Usually us groaning in pain that would be a really funny sound effect to have anyway just for this podcast <laughs> but yeah those, those are just a few of the things that incompetency in the white house have done this week um ranging from just concerning things somebody said to actually bombing a country after, mind you, refusing to accept refugees fleeing from this war-torn country. Because why would we do that if we could just bomb them? I mean, yeah, I think it's I think it's a little more complicated than that, um, obviously, just because, like, because that is obviously, like, true to some extent. But I think um, a lot of the sentiment behind not accepting refugees is the whole point, like, these people would probably not want to leave the countries that they lived in their entire life so yes when we first of all if we did open our borders um not only would that make things more difficult financially on all of us i think just because with more people there's like an influx there's just going to be more more issues with that in an economic sense but also in more of the general sense like why are we trying to um 
yes, we could take them in, but why aren't we trying to do something more and try to fix the problem instead of just sort of ignoring the problem um, and then just making changes as we go along? I'm not making sense right now, but basically it's just, I don't know, my dad always said, like, why wouldn't you try to help their home and, like, help help the place that they've lived so they don't have to feel this need to come um, come to another country because, like, we should be helping them, you know? They shouldn't be the ones who have to, like, get up and leave their own, their own homes. I mean, sure, that'd be great, but that ship sailed so long ago. Like, these are people who already had to leave so that they could survive. And, like, the idea that we shouldn't accept refugees because they don't, they would rather live in their own home. Like, obviously they would rather stay in their own home, but like they've already, this is something that has already come to pass. Mm -hmm. And the whole anti-refugee rhetoric is like this whole idea that we don't know who's coming into the country, which is ridiculous because the screening process for refugees is already years long. The amount that they have to go through to get approved to come into the country fleeing war again is already like a very stringent screening process and i'm not saying that we should just throw open our borders and let everyone come in but the whole idea that like we're just letting everyone in now is completely false i know i mean it's it's a complicated situation no matter what and i think i i wish it could be as easy as just like opening our borders and letting people in. But I think I think America is just concerned um, with what happened, you know, with Germany because Angela Merkel was, like, very accepting refugees. Um, and then that also led to a lot of problems in Germany. So it's pretty much of, like, oh, if it happened in Germany, it could happen here. Um, and it just not only is does it bring up, you know, economic considerations and also, like, space um, considerations, but also just, like, I think the idea of cultural assimilation was one of the problems in Germany. Um just like the classic cultures and just like not, I don't know. I mean, it's, this would all be easier if everyone would just had an open mind and just loved everyone. But unfortunately we do not live in such a world. So, um, all of these ideas are great theoretically if we could just let people in, but unfortunately I'm not sure how well these come, you know, this would go in practice. That being said, I'm not sure how great bombing other places is. So really, this is not, I'm not saying that I have a solution to this. I'm just saying that no matter what way you look at it, there's always going to be pros and cons. And so like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what we should be doing. Um, But it just seems a little extreme to, uh, I don't know, man. And again, I didn't say open the borders. I said that I'm, I'm talking about the push and the idea that like, and that the not letting anyone in from these countries, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we have screening processes. Like, we have a process for this already. And I think that the, the process could be better as well. But the racist idea that, like, the families and the people and the children who are trying to escape war and survive are dangerous to us because they are different is just not treating them like human beings. So, in another fantastic week of news, there was actually um, an incident on one of the United Airlines flights. So basically what happened was um, footage was released of basically security coming on to this United Airlines flight um, and basically dragging off a man pretty much unconscious off the plane. Um, Basically the backstory is that 
the 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 airline had overbooked the flight, meaning that they had let um, more people than could fit in the airplane buy tickets, so that they did, did not have enough room for everybody. Um, and what ended up happening was that they four I think it was four people needed to get off the plane, um, and so first they said okay like we'll offer um, a free night in a hotel and we'll reimburse you $400 and nobody wanted to get off the plane. Um, and then they raised it to $800 and still nobody would get off the plane. Uh, so they brought in security and they went up to this guy and said, okay, we randomly chose you and like three other people and you need to get off the plane now. Um, and he was like, no, I'm a doctor. Like I have my patients, like I need to go home. Um, and basically it just got very violent very quickly and security actually just ended up dragging him off the plane yeah like they beat this man yeah and he was like basically unconscious and they dragged his bleeding body off of a plane yeah it's 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 ridiculous it's this is awful like this is that's so dystopian really when you like just look at it like the man bought a plane ticket and then gets dragged off the plane bleeding i mean there, there are just so many wrong things with this story, not only from, obviously, you know, the human rights aspect of it, because apparently that's something America has not been doing uh, too great on, but just economically, like, I know, first of all, it really bugs me that this is actually legal, that you can sell more tickets for a flight than then you have seats on the plane. Like, that's technically legal um, because companies, because airlines know that people are going to cancel last minute and so, or some people aren't just going to, aren't going to show up. Um, but the fact that it's legal and that it's widely used is just, I don't know, it just bothers me a little bit. I feel like there's something dishonest about that. Um, and usually it's fine. Like, usually there is no problem. Um, usually, yes, the plane is booked but usually one or two people and like statistically that makes sense that somebody's going to back out and then you actually won't be overbooked um second of all it is actually legal for airlines to eject people from the plane i mean not like obviously when the plane's in flight but um (laughs) they are allowed to kick people off a flight uh, especially obviously if there's too many people um but the way that they did this is just completely out of line yeah the fact that this got violent i mean how in the world did it escalate to this like in what world do you bring in police onto a plane to do this yeah it's just it was just unnecessary i mean i'm sure he was being difficult but i mean wouldn't you be if you were like told hey you spent like $300 on this plane ticket, but now we're going to tell you that you have to leave and we don't care if you have a job and like need to get home, you know, it's just, I just feel like there was a better way to, you know, resolve this instead of punching someone. Yeah. And it's like, it's not his responsibility to fix the airline's problem. At no point is he beholden to this airline. And, and I say that and like, maybe it's so like technically it's legal to overbook this plane and to ask people to leave and they like reserve the right to ask people mm-hmm. to leave for any reason or whatever bs is in their contracts um but like on just the level of like how society functions he's not beholden to this airline like he's paying them for a service exactly and when they go up to him and say get off the plane and he says i'm a doctor and i have patients and i need to get home the the response is not like okay well we're going to hit you right until we drag you off until we force you off the plane and like yeah it would be a lot harder to go down and 
keep doing this and like randomly selecting new people until someone is willing to like take the payment to get off the plane but it's like that is the airline's fault why did you book more people on the plane than you actually had seats okay like (laughs) it's all about profit maximization and i'm all about profit maximization but not when it comes to you know physically beating up passengers and paying customers that's not a great way to retain customers okay yeah that um after all this happened of course this this was actually like the one news story that i actually saw while i was in ireland um it was huge and they like reimbursed the cost of everyone who was on that plane because i mean that's like a very traumatizing event is seeing this happen i don't know what i'm not sure exactly what they gave to him but i'm sure that they must have had to pay him a lot. And I mean, I hope he's suing. I, I don't know. I don't know if he legally can sue because again, The thing like, is, I don't think he can because they technically didn't do anything. Well, I mean, they assaulted illegal. him. I know, but like if you use it as, um, as part of the, part of the clause that you can't, you do have the ability to eject people off the plane and you are allowed to bring in security when necessary. Um, I'm not sure how much legal ground that is available for suing but it's just it's just ridiculous like this even if this was all technically legal it should not have happened this should not been something you can't just it's ridiculous there are a lot of things that are technically legal that you shouldn't do yeah i realize (sighs) yeah um so this is just a huge mess i like as far as I know, like, the guy is fine. Um, no permanent damage was done to him. I am sure that United is suffering for this. Um, definitely in terms of public perception. And I'm sure also in terms of ticket sales. Like, I'm not too eager to buy a United flight right now. Because this no. isn't like, oh, a company did something that offended me even. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to get beaten if I fly on this plane now. So, like, I'm not going to be buying a United plane ticket if i can possibly avoid it for probably ever yeah it's it's awful there are so few good airlines they're really i mean are is there a good airline JetBlue. JetBlue always has the purple chips for snacks like they have great snacks you really had that so fast yeah i'm kind of ashamed i just flew Aer Lingus because i was flying to ireland how, how was that it's pretty nice um they're a budget airline but like it was all right. They gave me a sandwich this time um, because I had this seven-hour flight. Last time they didn't give me a free sandwich, and this time they did, which was nice. Oh, and they had generous. Moana on the TV. So I never saw Moana. You should watch Moana. We're getting distracted. Yeah. Anyway, I just don't. The airlines in general, not super great. All of them seem to be either terrible businesses or terrible to their customers or occasionally assault their customers and it's just really hard to win here i mean it's so easy for them to kind of be able to do whatever they want just because it is so hard to break into airline industries and that i mean pretty much like each company is could essentially be its own mini monopoly as in like they do not have that many competitors yeah, it's, it's very much an oligopoly. Mm-hmm. Um, aren't you proud I know that word? I'm so proud of you. Economics 101, everybody. More than Trump has taken. <sighs> the next story is honestly 
one of the most horrifying stories that I've read in the past few years, Mm -hmm. really. Um, And it's come out recently, um, reports from Chechnya, which is a federal republic of Russia. And basically, um, there are places here in this republic where men suspected of being gay and bisexual are being taken. They are taken away from their homes and their families. They are beaten, tortured, and killed here. Mm -hmm. And after this came out um, through reports from various sources, the government claimed that this didn't exist because there are no gay men in Mm -hmm. Chechnya and said that if they were, they would have already been basically killed or sent away by their families. So yeah, there are no gay people here. And so obviously we're not torturing them. Yeah. Which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is so awful. Like the fact that it's not even like addressing like the reports, it's more like, Oh no, this is not, true at all because you know these people would have left already because we they would have not been accepted by their families or like they would have been um shamed into doing so and it's just not it's just crazy how not up to the uh, i don't know this just makes me really upset because it makes me realize how much i take everything here for granted and i do take i mean i know i we always well, at least I do. I know I complain about how we do have um, equality problems. We do have uh, prejudices, but this, we do not have anything to this, you know, to this extent, this, this level of open, I think, um, discrimination by the government um, Mm -hmm. against its own citizens for their sexual orientation. Yeah, that's an important part here is this is definitely like coming from the government. Um, Russia is very infamous for being incredibly homophobic, explicitly so. There was a specific piece of uh, legislation that Putin signed in 2013 banning gay propaganda. Um, So it's incredibly dangerous to be gay in Russia, basically. Um, And apparently in in Chechnya, which again is um, a Russian republic, uh, like they, people are being killed. Um, No reports yet um about gay women this has been focusing on gay men it said it suggested that um one of the ways they've been finding them is through pretending to be gay men on dating apps and and online and stuff like that to to find them like it's really it's just so overwhelming to read about this and i mean it was really not that long ago that being gay in the united states was illegal it like really really not that long ago um and if you were um suspected or or caught or like found um uh, again like this like in a one of the secret like gay dating networks or anything like that like you could be arrested um and we lost some really incredible people to this um and the persecution against homosexuality like throughout history and this is just like a horrible grim reminder that even though in some places in the world that we've made huge progress um in other places like it's even more horrific 
than we could have thought. Yeah, and to go off that, although we have made incredible progress, even in the United States today, we do see, you know, uh, discrimination. So um, North Carolina did not get the memo, apparently, when the U.S. Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage in 2015 because uh, there has been a, a bill introduced um, to ban people of the same sex from marrying one another in North Carolina, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, the, the bill was basically saying that the Supreme Court ruling was invalid and unconstitutional um, and that m- rules of marriage should be left to the states and that same-sex marriage is invalid. I believe the exact words were, this is t- first of all, this is titled the Uphold Historical Marriage Act, which is just problematic on... S- I can't even begin to explain. But then the bill argues that the Supreme Court ruling, in quotes, exceeds the authority of the court relative to the decree of almighty God, end quote. Um, And that individual states, as Quinn was saying, should be allowed to make their own marriage laws. Uh, what? Yeah, I really don't like North Carolina. Like, I really, really don't like it. I would prefer to never go there. They had a lot of things going for them. They have, like, beautiful beaches. They have, you know, a, a bunch of really, really great universities that are happen to be very, very good at sports. And it's just like, well... T- wow, I'm so sorry you don't think I'm a real person. Like, mm, guess I won't come visit. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is, this is ridiculous. Ozzy, like, genuinely... Every time I read something about, like, how it's still legal to fire people for being queer in, like, so many parts of the country, um, and that, like, North Carolina is trying to ban ban same-sex marriage because, like, God forbid two people who are in love are allowed to marry each other, and, like, the the horrible human rights atrocities that go in across the world, and, like, Chechnya is, like, the, maybe, like, the most terrifying thing that's going on right now, but, like, there are still a lot of places in the world where people are still being killed for being gay. And on one hand, like, I'm so grateful for me to live here and specifically, like, in Boston and to feel safe and to feel comfortable, like, being who I am. Um, I'm bisexual, by the way, (laughs) context. Um, And, but, like, every time I hear about something like this, it just makes me feel... Every time I hear about stuff like this, it just reminds me that there are so many people in the world who don't think I'm a full person because of that. Yeah, I just also want to emphasize that after this happened, after they said, you know, they used this great quote um, saying that it exceeds the authority of the court relative to the decree of God, it goes on to quote Genesis, a book of the Bible, and the line is, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Um, number one, do we not declare separation of church and state, like, years ago? Um, number two, uh, what? Like, I just, I, I, I just can't right now. Oh my god. How? How? (laughs) First of all, the Bible is the last place you should go to for any, you know, sort of advice because it is very, very inconsistent. I mean, I mean, they had orgies in like 
the Old Testament, but we do not go around publicly declaring that we should have orgies all the time and have that instituted as a law. Like, that was a really weird example. I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> the Old Testament is very saucy. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, I got distracted, but basically it's just, no, like, I, I just can't. How is this? How are they allowed to quote scripture in lawmaking? Isn't that explicitly against the separation of church and state situation? That's why I'm confused. You know, this is why we have... This is why there's this perception of, like, liberalism versus Christianity. That, like, being liberal means that you hate religion, specifically Christianity. Um... And that you look down on people who, like, have faith slash believe in God and all this stuff, which is super weird. Like, one, having liberal political beliefs does not mean that you aren't Christian. Two, like, who cares? But three, it's like, this because stuff like this happens. (laughs) Stop it. Stop trying to use this idea of Christianity and ruining, like, the, the core tenets of like, love thy neighbor and be good to each other and do good in the world and turning into this hateful, trying to prevent people who have done nothing wrong from living full lives in the country that they reside in. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is, like, once this was released, this has been obviously very unpopular. First of all, the North Carolina um, House Speaker Tim Moore, who is actually Republican, released a statement one day. What a surprise. Well, he released a statement Wednesday saying that the bill would not receive a hearing this session. So... Like, first of all, obviously, because legal expect, legal experts say that uh, this legislation does not stand a chance. Yeah, who wrote this? I Wait, this is my favorite part. Okay, so, um, Larry Pittman, in, uh, someone from uh, Concord, North Carolina, who is among the three sponsors of this uh, marriage bill, whatever, um, could not be reached for comment, but the message on his voicemail said... Let Jesus be Lord of your life today. Oh my God. If I called my representative and I heard that, I would call a a lot more times. Oh my God. You would, jeez. I just want to live. Stop telling me about Jesus. (laughs) nowhere i just i just feel like okay this is getting pretty meta but jesus in the bible spends all of his time hanging out with you know the people who are being persecuted the people who do um are not treated fairly by society and so like i feel like jesus would be very open to you know to gay marriage to equal rights for everybody so the fact that people use jesus as sort of like uh, like some sort of evidence that this is that gay marriage is not okay in quotes is just absolutely just it, it's not consistent it just does not make logical sense to me i know jesus seemed like a pretty cool dude like he was all like yeah i'm gonna hang out with the sinners because they're the ones who need me and like we're all gonna get some god together and go up to heaven it's he gonna also, be great he also hated tax collectors <laughs> oh no no we've discovered the secret to jillian's faith <laughs> seriously like and and again i think that the 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 essential core ideas of like 
Jesus and Christianity are really cool and that if people like are motivated and comforted by faith and truly believe in a higher power and like do good in the name of this higher power and like all of that good stuff that sounds awesome stop trying to put it in laws stop trying to put it in my face (laughs) stop quoting the bible whenever you think is possible because first of all the bible has so many different caveats i do not do not even get me started on that just like let other people live could we try that Let's try this thing where we treat everybody like a decent human being who deserves all our respect. Like, let's try that for, like, a day and see where that gets us. Because I feel like it could be pretty good. And we should continue to do it forever. (sighs) So with this whole topic, um, clearly we focus more on the, like, easier thing to talk about, which is um, this legislation in North Carolina and more terms of, like, gay rights in the United States and not talked a lot about what and not actually gotten really into the situation in Chechnya but there's not a lot to get into right now like it's very straightforward that this is horrific and we don't have a huge amount of details on what is exactly happening how it's happening how we can help um but there will be more information in the show notes um, for what we do know right now and hopefully ways and avenues forward. Mm. But there will be more information in the show notes of what we do know right now, um, as well as I'm going to link some stuff about the state of just like LGBTQ situations across the world because there's a lot of really bad stuff out there and if you are interested in learning more about that or seeing anything more about that, there will be a link in the show notes. So we are now going to talk about something that is not as pop culture as I, you know, my definition of pop culture as in Kim Kardashian, but anyways, this still is very, very relevant. Um, so recently, Cosmo uh, tweeted a link to an article with the tagline, um, how this woman lost 44 pounds without, in caps, any exercise. And first of all, this is enormous clickbait, which we're just going to talk about why this is enormous clickbait to begin with. But anyways, basically what happened was that um, a lot of readers clicked on the link and they found that the article, How This Woman Lost 44 Pounds Without Any Exercise, uh, was actually an article about this woman who did lose 44 pounds without any exercise, but because she was suffering from cancer. Yeah. Okay, so... There's a lot wrong in the world, which I think we cover extensively every week. But you would think that there would be some things that we could just not do, and it would be easy to refrain from doing these things, like implying that cancer is a good weight loss regime. Mm-hmm. And I would also just like to say, after Cosmo did receive all of this backlash from, I mean, I, people who... Everyone. Yeah, literally everyone, 
they changed the headline to a serious health scare helped me love my body more than ever. It also edited out the second to last line in the article proclaiming Simone's weight loss success is proof that anyone can lose weight without breaking a sweat simply by eating more mindfully. No gym required. So great, they took out that line, but I don't know, what, why not take out the entire article or at least make... <sighs> I'm very heated about this. Yeah, because I mean, I have not read this particular article. Um, whatever, I've been on a plane all day. What, um, but like this could have just been an article about, you know, a woman who got cancer and along the way in this journey, like the new headline said, like, has learned to love her body in a new way. And that could be an interesting story. Um, but the fact that it was framed as this weight loss journey Mm -hmm. is just horrifying. There's so much like concentrated baggage in our culture around the idea of weight. And this is something that exists for all people in society. There is fat phobia everywhere. And I think that this applies like very widely um, in a lot of Western cultures, but I think like speaking from personal experience, like in the United States, I definitely feel this so strongly um, is the perception that like smaller is better. Smaller is always better, no matter what. Um, and that is so pervasive and it is especially pervasive, I think, on female bodies. Um, like there seems to be some more acceptable measures of different kinds of male bodies. I mean, in terms of like, there's a lot more pressure for them to be like more muscular. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also like if a guy has an average body, that seems to be like pretty okay. Whereas if a, a woman has an average body that's considered like like the the average size of a woman is like like 12 14 or something mm-hmm. and that's like on the cusp of plus size in stores which is kind of ridiculous like okay you're literally have an average body but you're plus size mm-hmm. and god forbid that you are actually above average weight mm-hmm. because oh no that cannot stand in the U- US society mm-hmm. um two things i want to say um, the first thing is, like, as Quinn was saying, that small is better. Yeah, there was this quote, obviously people don't use anymore, but there was a quote um, that people did use probably pretty frequently that said, you can never be too rich or too thin. And it's like... Oh my god. You've, you've heard that quote. I have not heard that. You've not heard that? Okay, yeah, this is like, this is like an actual quote that people used at a time. Oh my god. Yeah. You can absolutely be too thin. Yeah. It's very unhealthy to be too thin. Yeah, so that's my number one problem. Um, the second one is that... Okay, I am all about accepting all types of bodies, but, like, I think that this fear, this this fat phobia is, like, something that needs to be removed from society, but I know that there is a um, version of this called skinny shaming and I understand how that can also you know like be problematic but I do think that to some extent that I think fat phobia takes sort of a precedence when it comes to how people are being like for example um I I read this one article that used uh, this as an example how um 
a skinny person who's like eating ice cream, like you don't, you're just like, oh, like she's eating ice cream, whatever. But if you see someone who's not as skinny eating ice cream, it just like leads to like all of these negative connotations. Um, and so I think that's you know the difference between uh, fat phobia and skinny shaming. Both of them are very bad because you are judging somebody based on their body alone. And first of all, you shouldn't be judging people, period, unless you know they're objectively awful. But anyways, regardless. Um, it's just so unhealthy to come up with all these judgments about uh, people's bodies and on such a superficial level. But it, this whole this situation with the whole ice cream and the skinny person eating it versus someone not as skinny eating it, it that does have that does lead to a dichotomy that can't be you know um, that can't really be equalized on the same on the same plane if that makes sense. Yeah, because it's like there are instances where people are like oh like she's too skinny she needs to eat a sandwich or whatever but that tends to be like a very isolated Mm -hmm. kind of statement whereas like judging someone for being fat or making like rude or derogatory comments to them is in this entire like structural Mm -hmm. um form of like general discrimination against fat bodies which can be seen everywhere like like i said like i was on a flight today and airplane seats are generally constructed very small and like there are lots and lots of people who do not fit comfortably in airplane seats and that is just one example of the ways that like society is built like only up to a certain size of body Mm -hmm. um and then everyone else is just kind of expected to make do and i'll say i'll say one thing here is because like everybody's always like well it's unhealthy to be overweight I could talk about that statement for so long, but just, like, to briefly unpack that a little bit. One, the science on that is actually, like, not as clear as you think it is, and there is it's a lot more complicated than that. It's actually, first of all, more, like, um, it's actually, some research shows, research shows, actually, that it's actually more unhealthy to be too thin than to be slightly overweight. So that's, yeah, that's... Well, I mean, yeah, like, but the thing is, like, weight and health are not directly directly correlated correlated. yeah like it is way more complicated than that um two also like if you think that you are concerned about someone's health and you make a comment about their body you're wrong um i have a video about this oh my god everyone needs to watch the video (laughs) i've watched it like three times it is amazing i feel very strongly about this just you can watch the video to see all of my thoughts but generally like just don't comment on other people's bodies I promise you, one, they know what they look like, and two, they know their health better than you do. Surprise. Yeah, I mean, I think the only time I find it necessary to comment on someone's body is, like, if it's in, like, a very... It's not even, like, oh, you look... Okay, yeah, this is another problem. When people are like, oh, my God, you look so skinny. Like, that's, like, this great compliment. I think... No, this. so this is why I always say, oh, my God, you look hot. Like, I think that's, like, an acceptable comment because it's, like, oh, it's just, like, this positive, you know, expression, like, whatever. Like, it's not necessarily judging a specific aspect of your body. It's just, like, oh, like, you look good. Like, leave it at that, you know? But it's when you start saying, like, oh, like, you look really thin today. Like, did you lose weight? And for some reason, that's, like, the golden compliment. Like, that's the best thing anybody could hear. Um, Or, like, some passive-aggressive comments that, like, I've received so like if I I don't know like if I like gain weight or whatever people have said to me oh like you're looking like much healthier lately or like you look more muscular lately and I'm just like okay like I don't know it's just so unnecessary and it's just I don't know man yeah and that that can be tricky too because it's um I mean 
like it depends on what that context of what you're saying because th- there's also a lot of times when like is going back to the story that sparked this conversation where like you look good is code for you've lost weight mm-hmm. um and and like some people like worked very hard to lose weight and they're yeah. very proud of that and they're like very happy to accept the compliment some people like were sick and lost weight and they do not and the association between like them being sick and losing weight and looking good is like very unhealthy and mm-hmm. and concerning um the, the rule of thumb that I try to follow, which I think I actually originally got from Call Your Girlfriend, which is a great podcast, um, is comment, like, she only comments on stuff that they, was a decision that day. Like, their outfit, or the way their hair is styled, or, like, some kind of stylistic choice that they put in that day, but not, like, their weight, or if they're pregnant, or, um, like something like more um permanent about their hair or anything like that but if it's something that like they put on their makeup in a cool way that day like that see that's almost always going to be totally fine to compliment and comment on because like that's something that they just did and like they clearly like worked hard on or something like that and I really like that rule of thumb and I try to follow like if I'm that's great if I'm going to compliment someone's appearance I'll be like oh like your hair looks great today or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah definitely retweet Please don't stop on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I just think weight is, especially for girls, like, growing up is just such a huge, you know, it it unfortunately does become a central part of your life. Um, I mean, I, like, I, growing up, I guess, um, I've always, like, pretty much, like, been the same size, so, like, it was never really like, this big part of my life, but, like, I do, like, I've had experiences where, like, family members will come up to me and they'll like make comment about my weight and it'll just like make me uncomfortable or just like I don't know it's just like not the greatest thing I want to hear especially if I've like lost weight or if I gained weight like either one doesn't really make me feel great I mean I think it's I think both comments are like triggering in their own way because like it's like oh like you look good like as in code for like you look skinny oh well maybe like I should eat healthier and then that could just you know spiral out of control or if it's the other way and it's like oh like um you look like more like I don't know healthier like I when they say healthier but in that way that like implies that you've gained weight and you're just like oh like maybe like which I do maybe I should cut back so it's it's just either one is not really great to hear and I think we should take Quinn's or um the advice that Quinn follows from the from this amazing podcast that you should only make comments about people's appearances if it is based on the decision that day so yeah exactly mm-hmm yeah, this is, like, and from, like, my personal perspective on this, this is definitely something that's affected my life, and, like, I'm pretty tall, um, and I am generally, like, one of the biggest people in our group of friends, like, in terms of height and, like, body size, and I feel, like, very self-conscious, especially, like, looking at group pictures, and I feel like, oh, like, I look so big, and it's been really hard for me because of the way that like again going back to the beginning of this like society says smaller is better to like disassociate the ideas of like being big is bad and so for me like that's been a journey and yeah like I I'm not super healthy but I'm not super healthy because I don't sleep enough and I should drink more water and probably like occasionally do physical activity as it's not because like I think that I'm bigger than my friends those are unconnected things. 
Um, and that's something that is really hard to deal with. And like the, the time in my life when I weighed the least of like my adult life was after I went through a really emotionally stressful time and then I got mono and it was one of those things where like, wow, I feel really skinny, but also like I'm skinny because I was just really ill. There's a lot of really concerning associations um, and fat phobia and body shaming that it's really hard to untangle in your own mind and then try to untangle like in how you think about other people and society in general. Um, and so I'm not sure that there were a lot of thoughts go running around in this conversation. I doesn't really have like a singular coherent thread, but basically be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. Like mm -hmm. we're gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just your body. It's, it's cool. There's no there's no wrong way to have a body. There's exactly. no wrong way to and have also a body. like, if you wouldn't say a comment to your friend about her body, then you shouldn't also say that comment to your body. So you shouldn't like you're never gonna use a negative comment to describe your friend's body. So why would you use that same comment to describe your body? Like it should be the same. Like you shouldn't like. You sh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's and that's a great rule of thumb. Like for bodies, also for everything. Mm -hmm. Like if you could, if you, I have not mastered this yet, but if you can always talk to yourself like you would talk to your friend, then I think generally your life will be better. It's so hard because society, it's weird. Society's weird because society has this whole aspect of like body positivity, blah blah blah, but then they also have that the other side of the coin where it's like, oh, tinier is better, which just brings up a lot of, like, psychological connotations, I think, when it comes to, like, oh my god, like, why do women have this? Like, maybe women, it's like, to me, it's like, oh my god, it's like I don't deserve to take up this much space is, like, kind of sort of, like, the mental, you know, um, mental thing that's going on, um, I think, when it comes to this topic, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot, and I think we should all be like very body positive and I know that I'm guilty of not being body positive for myself because like I'll be like the first one to be like yeah like body positivity like everyone's body is beautiful and then like I'll like look in the mirror and I'll be like mm, not today Jillian not today and it's just like well <laughs> I tried <laughs> there was an attempt you know looking at myself but it's just like it's just one of those things where you do have to I think make an um make an effort to like view your own body positively and I know that's hard especially since we like we've all grown up in certain with certain comments set to us or in like different environments where it's not that easy to like be very loving and very positive of your own body but I think it does get easier with time and I think that's just something we all have to work on yeah and just one last note in this like we've been primarily using female language because like our own experience as women um and I do think that there is in a lot of ways that this is more pervasive for female bodies, but like in a lot of other ways, like this does apply to everyone. And even if it's not, um, and even if like you have a body that's not typically targeted by these kinds of ideas, like you still live in this society and like you still bear witness to this happening and um, will either like through your words and actions contribute or take away from it like that's just how everything works in um like these overall societal concepts so just stuff to think about mm -hmm. definitely be kind to definitely. yourselves guys love yourself as justin bieber would say okay i am gonna go to bed and i am going to finish three thousand years of homework and study for a german oral exam sounds good Great. Klingt gut. 
you can find us on Twitter at Mixed Feelings FM, uh, where you can tweet us or send us a DM. You can find us at relay.fm slash mixed feelings, where there is a contact form if you want to send us some email feedback. You can also find us in iTunes, um, where it would be amazing if you left us a review. Now you can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobot.fm. And you can find me on Twitter at uh, underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me, Jillian. Uh, thanks for talking with me, Quinn. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker. And these were our mixed feelings.